Chapter 5 Fucking hell. Yevla Helvata. Fucking, fucking hell. Eric braced himself against the biting wind and trudged through the freezing rain, his heart pounding fiercely against his ribcage, but not from the exertion alone. He moved swiftly, sure-footedly, ignoring the discomfort of the elements even while he respected them, as he had been trained to do. He was in the zone, the almost mindless autopilot mode that would get him through this storm and down this mountain. Only he was anything but mindless. His mind raced, swirled, his thoughts a jumble. He should never have let her go to Mexico City. He had known it was a bad idea. Somehow he'd just known it would go bad. She had insisted, pulling the doctor card and asserting that the diplomat's daughter would likely need immediate medical attention. He should have just told her. Nick had been a medical sergeant for years and had seen and done more than she ever would in terms of trauma. He should have insisted they could handle it without her. But he'd taken one look at those serious hazel eyes and had caved, like he always fucking did. She had that power over him, and he couldn't explain it, couldn't exercise it, couldn't even come close to controlling it. He had finally relented to her gentle pressure and let her examine him, but most of the time he stayed as far away from her as possible. How many lacerations, how many dislocated shoulders, how many cracked ribs had he hid from her? because if she'd known, she would have marched him into her office and stripped him bare to work on him. He couldn't stand her hands on him, on his bare flesh. He couldn't stand that mild flare of feminine interest that she couldn't hide whenever she did see him shirtless. Or rather, he couldn't trust himself with it. It wouldn't take much. If she were to touch him, to linger just a little longer than her examination required, even if she so much as looked at him with any kind of invitation in her beautiful eyes. These goddamn enhancements, these manufactured hormones surging through his body night and day, making him crazy, making him want her constantly, making him so desperate for her that it nearly drove him insane. He just couldn't trust himself with her, not by half. He crested an outcropping of rock, slicing through a shield of ice, and stood for a moment catching his breath. The landscape blurred before him, losing sharpness in a haze of freezing rain and descending dark. Trees became indistinct, blending into each other until they were nothing more than dark shapes dotting the white expanse. He could have taken the rugged, winding trail down the mountain, the same one that Sullivan had taken on their drive up here, but while it would have made for an easier walk, he also calculated it would have taken him about six hours longer to get down that way, considering the circuitous way it wound down the mountain in wide swaths. The best option had been to head down in a straight line and hope for enough distance between the boulders and the trees to form any sort of path. Only now, the exertion was beginning to catch up with him. The relentless march down the frozen slope, the biting wind and ice, the way parts of the mountain unexpectedly fell away in an even steeper, vertigo-inducing drop along one side of its makeshift trail. It all conspired to sap his strength and slow his pace. He lifted the goggles off his face to get a better view, and felt the sting of the ice pellets against his cheeks. He considered a partial retreat. An hour ago he had passed a dilapidated hunting cabin, little more than a loosely piled collection of logs with a sagging, mossy roof. Maybe it would be wise to take shelter there until the morning, 
until the storm passed and continue on from there. For one brief moment, the lure of the fire back at the lodge, of warm food and drink, of a comfortable bed, called to him in a way he would never have thought possible in his military days. He had survived the most extreme environments on earth, had baked under a blistering Afghani sun, had frozen near solid at the Arctic Circle. He had slept on bare rock and never once longed for a warm bed. But that was back when he had known sleep, when he had taken for granted the simple ability to close his eyes and nod off, to dream, to restore his mind and body and awaken ready to face the next challenge. That had been five years ago. He hadn't slept more than two or three hours in 24 since then, since his abductors, whoever they were, had subjected him to those experiments, those fucking experiments, those changes they'd made to him, the procedures that he had only been vaguely aware of through a fog of sedation, the ones that had turned him into the aberration he was now, that had robbed him of so much more than the ability to sleep. He shut the memories out, willed himself to stay focused. He wouldn't retreat. He didn't need shelter. He needed to press on, needed to get the fuck out of here. He'd have to call Nick first, he corrected himself. He'd have to calm down long enough to be able to call Nick and let him know that she was alone up here. He'd have to know she was safe before he could disappear. Her voice whispered in his head and made his gut clench. Just hearing her say those words in his mother tongue had been like a whipcord through his gut. But the knowledge that she had remembered his saying them to her? Jesus Christ, it had been too much. How the fuck had he not known she might understand him? How had he been so careless? He had never been so out of control, so undisciplined, so fucking lame as he had been in the back of that van. Seeing her take the hit, watching her fall to the ground in front of him as deep red bloomed on her chest, that had just about killed him. But holding her while she bled, watching the life drain out of her, that had been the worst thing he'd ever experienced in his life. He had lost all sense, had become almost delirious with panic and sheer yellow fear. He had sputtered out everything he'd ever felt, not even thinking about what language he was using. He had pleaded with God and her and anyone who would listen not to take her. In short, he had been a complete fucking idiot. And what little comfort he had taken since then in knowing that at least he'd said it in a foreign language. Well, fuck if she wasn't half goddamn Swedish too and had understand every goddamn fucking word. He squinted into the distance and fitted his goggles against his eyes again, surveying the best path to take. The trees parted obligingly to the left, but that way was littered with rocky outcroppings that hinted at larger obstacles hiding just beneath the icy surface of the snow. To the right, the trees were thicker, but the ground looked more even and easier to navigate. It might take longer, but it would prove safer, especially in the freezing rain. Still, he didn't move. He stood, not sure of why he wasn't moving forward. The cold licked around him, seeped through his layers and down to his bones, made his old shoulder injury ache. He really should get moving, get to town, find a place to warm himself and rest. But he knew why he wasn't moving forward. 
His mind wanted to move forward, but his body, his traitorous, demanding body, was trying to tempt him back to the cabin, back to the sweet, sexy woman who was offering herself to him. It was almost too unbelievable for words, but she was offering herself to him. Something stirred deep within him at the mere thought of it. Something primal and raw lured him, flowed through his brain and tempted him filled his mind with images and memories of how exquisite a woman's body could feel. How exquisite he'd always imagined her body would feel. And she'd said she loved him, too. That was the worst part of it. She had said she was in love with him. The thought of it sliced through him like a knife. The fool woman thought she was in love with him. It would be so easy, he thought. He could simply turn around and go back to her, take her to bed like she wanted, like she'd asked him to. It hadn't been his idea, after all. He could absolve himself from all guilt, from all responsibility, just give in to sensual pleasure and enjoy her body without strings or attachment or... Ah, oh, like fuck he could. He cursed violently, wanting to shout out his rage into the wind. This wasn't going to happen. He was in control of himself, super hormones be damned. He had always been able to control himself. He had spent the last five years painfully learning to control the urges that the hormones caused. He wasn't about to succumb to them now. Not with her. Not like this. Not ever. It was the darkness that scared her the most. Not the ice whipping against her cheek, not the wind slicing through her woefully inappropriate winter coat, not the cold seeping up her legs and through her snow pants. It was the suffocating darkness, the eerie, endless darkness that swirled around her like a cloak and settled over the creaking trees that howled and bent in the relentless wind. She had always hated the dark as a child. Even now, she wasn't entirely comfortable sleeping without a small light. She refused to call it a nightlight at her age, and dreaded the long winter months when the days ended so quickly and darkness claimed half the day. And yet, here she was, fighting her way down the mountain in almost complete blackness, guided only by the palest full moon she had ever seen. Even the stars seemed anemic tonight, practically winking out of existence the moment she looked up at them. It was so dreadfully, terribly dark, but she simply couldn't turn back. She had to find Eric. His life depended on it. She had waited by the fire, willing him to come back through the door for nearly half an hour before she'd reluctantly decided he wasn't coming back. She'd made some tea and wandered upstairs, stricken with worry and, and almost sick with humiliation. When she'd gone to the bathroom to splash water on her face, She'd seen it, a tall, orange prescription bottle, staring back at her from its perch above the sink. His prescription, the one she'd written for him. He'd forgotten his medication. In his hurry to leave, he'd forgotten his medication. She'd seized the bottle in disbelief, staring at it like it might disintegrate into a puff of smoke if she just looked at it long enough. He couldn't do without these, not even for one day. 
the hormonal fluctuations and bizarre interactions brought on by the synthetic hormones he'd been subjected to had caused a temporary adrenal insufficiency. If he didn't take cortisol daily, he could die. At least until she could find a way to rebalance him. She'd had no intention of keeping him on such a regimen forever, but until she could find a way to restore his hormonal balance, his meds were literally his lifeline, and she had made sure he knew it. She had drummed it into him as often as she could. These aren't vitamins, soldier. These are like oxygen, get it? The thought that he had been so upset as to leave without them chilled her. And so she'd gone after him. As unprepared as she was for the weather and the arduous trek down the mountain, she'd known she had no choice. He had no choice. She'd bundled herself up as best she could and set out, following as much of his trail as she could see as the dark descended and the freezing rain came down harder. That had been nearly two hours ago now. Two slow, difficult, bitingly cold hours. The speed with which her strength had ebbed away from her was terrifying, and as she began to stumble over obstacles that she should have been able to avoid, she began to feel real panic steal over her. She had called out his name every so often, as robustly as her stiff lungs could manage, but her small voice was easily taken by the wind. He would never hear her out here, especially since there wasn't the slightest trace of him now, just blackness all around cold, terrifying blackness. Ice pellets bit into her cheek as she staggered on, willing her legs to lift high enough to clear the snow. Her muscles burned and protested each move, and her feet were so numb she could no longer be sure she wasn't injuring them with every awkward, clomping crunch through the snow. She was a fool. She knew it. She wasn't trained for this. She hadn't gone through special forces training to prepare her body and mind for conditions like this. She had a physician's cold, clinical understanding of survival, not an army ranger's visceral knowledge of it. The detached, rational part of her mind observed the changes taking place in her own body with dispassionate clinical skill. Core temperature dropping, heart rate decreasing, blood pressure decreasing, breathing shallow and growing more ineffective. Nausea, some blurred vision and dizziness. Her patient was in trouble. Added to the physical burden was the psychological one she wasn't yet prepared to face. As stinging as his rejection had been, as humiliating as it had been to listen to his insults, to hear him deny everything that had ever passed between them, and to watch him walk out into a raging storm rather than stay another moment with her. All of it was nothing compared to the cold, stark truth that he cared so little for her, that he wasn't even aware she was here. She knew he was trained to be aware of anyone following him. It was second nature for him to be completely aware of his surroundings, to pick up on the subtle clues that mere civilians were oblivious to. He'd have to have discovered she was following him, yet he'd done nothing about it. Wherever he was, he was far ahead of her, not looking back, not caring. Knowing she was out here, lost in the worsening storm, and he didn't care. Her patient was going to die, she thought.
with the clinical detachment of a physician. She was going to die. For nothing. For a man who didn't care whether she lived or not. The thought stabbed into her, and she couldn't bring herself to believe it just yet. Even if he didn't love her, even if he was more angry at her than he'd ever been in his life, she was part of his team. He was a loyal, honorable man. He lived by a code that put brotherhood above all else. If he really did think of her as one of his men, wouldn't that be enough to make him come back for her? Maybe. But then again, he practically threatened to kill Nick over this, and he and Nick were like brothers. And she was nothing to him, as he'd so bitterly pointed out. She paused to catch her breath, leaning heavily against a young birch as the wind gusted through to her very bones. She squinted up at the sky, trying to get her bearings from the stars. If she turned around now, she could retrace her own footsteps in the snow before the falling ice obliterated them completely. If she was lucky, if she could just hold on, she might be able to make it back to the hunting cabin she'd awkwardly stumbled into a half an hour ago. She could take shelter in there for the night, where she would at least be out of the wind. Her heart lurched at the thought of Eric out in this bitter night, and wondered how he'd find shelter. She tried to banish the thought. He would be fine. If anyone knew how to survive, it was Eric. Maybe he'd remember the forgotten meds and come back for them in the morning. Maybe he'd tell Nick, and Nick would look in his file and find the prescription. Maybe she could catch up with him tomorrow and get him his pills. Rationalizations and unfounded hope ricocheted through her brain, followed by her own inner voice admonishing her sharply. As worried as she was about Eric, right now she had to concentrate on getting back to the hunting shack. The cabin was too far, she'd never make it. But that ramshackle old hut would at least provide shelter from the wind and the ice. She turned and felt a moment's relief that the onslaught of ice was hitting only her back now and not her face. But her muscles screamed in protest as she tried to move her legs, and she stumbled, holding onto branches for support as she willed her legs to move. The pain was temporary, she told herself. No permanent damage, just work through it. She lifted one leg and let it fall heavily into the impression left by her previous step. It was marginally easier to step into the depression than to crunch through new cover and she found she could move her legs more easily than she thought. But the cold. She was colder now, so much colder than she had been before. The numbness from her feet was inching up her body, and she felt frozen to her core, as if her blood could only pump sluggishly through her veins as little jagged crystals of ice tore at them and ripped them apart. She moved unsteadily, taking a few cautious steps, until a gust of wind rocked her and made her lose her balance. The trees around her spun and she hit the ground solidly, crashing through the ice cover. The frigid ground burned against her cheek as she lay, blinking, not even sure where she was. An odd sort of relief came over her as she lay on the snow. It felt good to be lying down. Damn good. Her muscles sang with relief and the dizziness waned a bit now that she wasn't standing up. She was so cold, 
so brutally cold, but the pure relief of not having to move was intoxicating, seductive, all-encompassing. Sleep, the thought came to her all of a sudden. Of course, all she needed was to sleep for just a little while. If she got some rest, she could make the rest of the trip later. She closed her eyes, feeling a strange but not unwelcome warmth flood her brain. Yes, sleep. That's what she needed. Just for a little while. No. Some part of her stubborn mind protested against the closing darkness. The last thing she should do was go to sleep. She'd die if she did. Alone here in the darkness of this cold, brutal mountain, she'd never wake up again and never be found. And she'd never find Eric, never get to him, never make sure he got his meds. Get up. Must get up. She rose up from the snow on shaky legs and pulled at the branches around her until she stood once again in the biting wind. Or, or did she? Confusion swirled within her as she squeezed her eyes shut and tried to focus. No, she had only imagined getting up. Or maybe it had all been a dream, because she was still there, on the snow, sinking deeper and deeper into the odd comfort of an endless rest. Mustn't sleep. No, Eric. Time lost meaning for her and she had no way of knowing how long she lay there, her body growing stiffer as the numbness climbed up into her core. Sleep lured her into oblivion, so tempting and so profound, that she was only vaguely conscious when a pair of strong arms surrounded her and lifted her up off the ground. She knew only that her orientation had changed, that she was weightless now and not so cold, and she was moving. She lay against a broad chest and could hear a strong heartbeat thumping away in a forceful rhythm, lulling her to sleep as she was carried away.